Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of All Steelers Talk, your favorite Steelers podcast with your favorite Steelers podcast hosts. I'm your host, Nostrak. I'm joined always by Donnie Droon. Make sure to subscribe to us at All Steelers Talk on YouTube. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at All Steelers. And of course, find all of our work at allsteelers.com. Donnie, we are four days away from the Steelers' final preseason game. Football, regular season football, is nearly right around the corner. How are you feeling? Phenomenal. I mean, it feels like the entire offseason just dragged along, and it feels like the preseason is just, like, flown by super fast. But, I mean, time flies when you're having fun, man. Like, it's been so incredibly great to watch Steelers football yet again. It's been phenomenal to watch Steelers Twitter burn down over preseason games and backed up <laughs> quarterbacks. So I, I can't wait until the regular season. The Steelers Twitter has burned to the ground. Did you see the video of the two people that got into a fight in the stands during the last preseason game? Uh, I saw one person finish a fight, and I saw two bystanders who probably shouldn't have gotten to a fight in the first place. Two of them. Not one. He did not finish the fight with one person. He finished the fight with the person's husband who decided to jump in, and then he was like, nah, I'm going to finish her off too. We'll leave that one as it is. But I'm pretty sure they were fighting about whether or not Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph should take more practice snaps. Because that's all Pittsburgh Steelers fans seem to care about. That's all the Pittsburgh Steelers media seem to care about, including yourself and myself. So it is what it is. But the Steelers did surprise a lot of people today. They trimmed their roster down to 80 for their second round of roster cuts. And in that was cornerback Antoine Brooks Jr., who they waived slash injured, which means he has to last 24 hours on waivers without being claimed before he can be placed on the injured list Three weeks ago, he was competing for a starting job at nickel. Last week, I'm pretty sure I saw him at practice, but apparently not. Now he's waived slash injured. What do you take from that and what to expect moving forward? Yeah, I mean, he, he was one of five uh, five cuts made today in order for the Steelers to kind of get to that 80 figure before the roster have to be trimmed down to 53. Um, a little bit surprising, to be honest, because I know the, the organization has really – at least on the outside, appeared to like a guy like Antoine Brooks Jr., a guy who they drafted last year. And um, they really seemed to like his versatility. He could play in the slot. He could play a little bit of safety. He could play on the boundary. Just kind of anywhere you wanted to put him, Antoine Brooks could kind of mold into whatever you wanted him to be. Um, so him, you know, going on that uh, wave slash like injured list, obviously not a good sign for him, especially not a good sign for him whenever he's competing with a guy like Arthur Mullet uh, to be that kind of like that nickelbacker spot. And Arthur Mullet's also hurt too. So, mm-hmm. um, no, it's just not a good time right now. But, I mean, realistically speaking, it's not like Brooks is going to have a huge impact on the field anyway. And even, even if he did make his way onto the field for a significant amount of snaps, I mean, he hasn't really shown us anything from the day he was drafted up until this very point to have Steelers fans super upset over his release. Yeah, I I definitely understand that. I think that 
it opens the door for the best possible secondary for the Steelers, which, you know, you don't want that to happen through an injury, but it does mean that the Steelers really only have one option left at Nickelback, and that's Cam Sutton, which many people believed was the best option all along. I truly believe that that's the best option all along and have James Pierre and Joe Hayden on the outside. Um, it still means that they need a slot cornerback, which I thought Brooks was going to fill because I thought that he played that role better than anybody. When Cam Sutton is in the dime or, you know, when the Steelers just need that extra slot guy, I figured that Brooks was going to be that extra slot guy. Um, apparently not, but, the big question is, why did it happen? I mean, Brooks was here a week ago. I I'm pretty sure he was in pads throughout this week. And still, they decided he's part of the next round of roster cuts. Um, does it just mean that they just don't have any faith and they have to start from scratch? Because right now they have no options outside of Camp Sutton at the, at the slot corner. Yeah, and that's when you start to kind of dive into the the safety depth a little bit. I mean, we already talked about Mullet being hurt. Um, Trey Norwood is possibly a guy who could fill that role. I mean, they've got a lot of people um, who they feel like can kind of slide around if need be. But going back to your earlier point, I do think the Steelers' best secondary is Cam Sutton on the inside, James Pierre and Joel Hayden on the outside. Mm -hmm. And like you already alluded to, I mean, the, the, the disappearance – of Antoine Brooks Jr., at least for the next 24 hours, kind of opens the door for Camp Sutton. And for the Steelers team right now, putting the final pieces of the puzzle together ahead of their final preseason game, I mean, you know, maybe just give snaps to a handful of other guys, you know, ahead of their preseason game on Friday night. It, it, that very well could be true. The Steelers aren't going to play Cam Sutton the whole time at Nickelback. They're not going to play any of their starters. So who that backup is is going to be very important. I guess guys like Mark Gilbert now have a significantly better chance of making the roster. I would guess a guy like Donovan Steiner also has a significantly better chance. Trey Norwood could play some quality snaps. But it is going to be interesting who we see in the slot once Cam comes off the field on Friday night because we have no idea. The Steelers have not worked one single other player at that position besides those three. They're now down to one. And I guess Arthur Malek could be the option behind Cam Sutton. He could also be a total bust because he hasn't really done anything in the NFL. So it's a giant, giant concern. At the same time, I think this is the nudge that the Steelers needed to finally just say, okay, can we stop messing around and please put Cam Sutton on the inside? Because the, otherwise, it's just going to be a roast show. And who's getting roasted? Antoine Brooks Jr. You know, the Steelers still have a bunch of that salary cap money. So, I mean, would it be out of the realm of possibility to go just add like, a, like an average secondary player? I mean, I don't know. I think that maybe. I, I don't know why you have nearly $20 million right now. And without Antoine Brooks Jr., maybe you are thinking there are guys out there that could be available that you're looking and saying, this is a good backup slot. This is a good backup corner to have. I mean, wh who else are they going to bank on? Justin Lane and just say, this is our group here, guys. We have three quality starters and a bunch of guys that are a disaster when they're on the football field. I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, but like at the same time, I I feel like if you were waiting to cut Antoine Brooks Jr. to go make a move for a better secondary player, you would have already done that to begin with, whether or not he was on the roster. You know, so I, I don't feel like I should move the needle for them to go and make a move for a secondary player. And like at this point, aside from a, a TJ Watt, you know, mega extension, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. 
do they make any other moves? Because like it's, time's kind of ticking. The Steelers really don't like to operate outside of the regular season unless a gift falls into their lap, like Joe Hayden did a few years back. That's very true. I don't. I don't know. But maybe that's what they were waiting for. Maybe they were waiting to see who this second round of cuts are. I mean, this is usually more prominent guys that get released that teams kind of hope can catch on somewhere else, just to kind of do that player a favor. So this could be the time that they were waiting for. Maybe they also thought that Brooks was coming back and that the injury was less significant than it actually is. And now they're in this situation where they just need to get rid of him. Otherwise, he's just going to sit around for the next six, seven weeks and they don't know what that's going to lead to. I don't know. There's a bunch out there, but I do think that it's wide open to go sign somebody right now. I think that it's been somewhat open, but after Brooks, that's a great point. I think it is wide open to possibly add another secondary player before maybe before Friday, possibly before week one, the Steelers do have two weeks in that gap. And in that yeah. same thought, go ahead. Do you have something? No, to I, I was about? just going to say, um, don't forget that the IR rules for COVID are a little bit different. Yeah, three um, weeks. Like you, yeah, you can place a player on IR and then they can come back within three weeks where normally I believe it was like eight or something like that during like a normal season. Yeah, yeah. In a normal season, you had eight. And then if it was after week eight, you're done. Um, but in that same thought, the Steelers somewhat move on from Antoine Brooks Jr., at least for right now, and it does open the door for others. Who is your sneaky picks to make this 53-man roster? Because right now, these five guys that left, I'm going to tell you, I did not have one single one getting cut when I made my predictions ahead of this one. To, and that includes Pete Guerrero. That includes Pistol Pete, the running back. I was sure fire this guy was making the practice squad. Apparently not. Yeah, but he, he still would have had to been cut to get to the practice squad, though, because he's got to go through. You know, like, yeah, he would have got cut, but I think he would have been cut the last time. That's what I I looked at, it and I was like, it's got to be Tony Brooks Jr. Tony Brooks Jr. has got to be the guy to get out of here. I was one for five. I think Tyler Simmons was the only guy that I had that was definitely gone. But there were like so, 15. So, so you, were, you were talking about this round of cuts. This round of cuts. I was oh, – yeah, not overall. I didn't think yeah. – P.D. Guerrero out of Monmouth was yeah, going to come man, in here and be the fifth running like, back for the Pittsburgh that Steelers. That's not happening. That's not happening. But we do move forward, and Pete Guerrero's gone. It is what it is. Well, I'll cry about it later. They, at one point, will trim their roster from 80 to 53. I have a couple of names that I've been thinking. I know you have a couple of names that you've been thinking. Who are your sneaky picks to come in here and make this 53-man roster? You know, whenever you presented uh, that topic idea for the podcast today, I, I went through the Steelers roster and I'm like, man, there's not a whole lot of room for surprise guys to come. I feel like the Steelers probably have one of the more established rosters in the league. So, you know, very little wiggle room for a surprise guy to make their presence felt. I think right now a surprise name for myself and everybody else to watch is Titan Kevin Raider. I mean, obviously uh, guys like Eric Ebron and Pratt Firemuth are going to have those top two, you know, tight end spots locked in. But Steelers normally like to carry that third tight end, you know, just in case, and usually a fourth tight end on the practice squad as well. Zach Gentry has not gotten it done whatsoever. You know, ever since he arrived here a couple of years ago, it just hasn't shown anything, um, you know, despite being what, six, seven, six, eight, that he could actually play at the NFL level. Through the first couple of preseason games for the Steelers, Raiders shown me he can block. He's shown me he can catch the ball whenever asked of. And th those are basically the two essential things that I needed. Also, he's made a few play on special teams throughout the preseason and last season as well, whenever he was on the roster. So I, I feel like to this point, he's done more than any other tight end not named Ebron or Firemuth, and he's going to be my surprise pick to make the team this year. 
I think a lot of people, a lot of Steelers fans would be very excited if that happens. And you're 100% correct that I think he's a much better special teamer than Zach Gentry is. He's not as stiff. I mean, Gentry brings all the physical attributes that you want in a tight end. But Mike Tomlin says things like, we're going to put Gentry on Melvin Ingram to give him a challenge today. And you, you immediately think that's not a challenge. What are you talking about? That's not somebody that's going to block a guy like Melvin Ingram and he can't block a guy like Melvin Ingram. So really, I mean, what, what's the use of keeping Gentry around? I 100% believe your opinion on that one. And Raiders, a guy that's been here long enough that I think if he does make the roster, it's not even like that big of a shock because at some point you were just kind of waiting for him to sneak past Gentry. And maybe this season is the year on the same hand, from what I've heard this, and this isn't, you know, this is this is all rumor, but there have been rumors out there that Raider is one of the Steelers that are unvaccinated. And I know firsthand that, that would play a significant role in a lot of teams' decisions on who they will and will not keep. Whether or not that's the Steelers, I have a funny feeling that it is the Steelers. That could play into this. That's all rumor. It's oh, all dude, rumor. You're right. You're right. It's all rumor. But if that's the case, I mean, that would be a big – that would be probably the biggest name on the Steelers roster to say that dude's not vaccinated and that's why he didn't get in, which would set an example for some players. It would also probably lead to a lot of drama. But we'll take that next week when, you know, we see what happens with them. My surprise, guys, I have two of them. Um, we'll start with Donovan Steiner, the safety out of Florida. I thought he's had a phenomenal training camp and preseason. The dude has made, I believe, two interceptions now in the preseason. Um, the other day at practice, he was just standing around. They were doing one-on-one -on -one drills. Um, and I believe it was Mike Tomlin. One of the coaches yelled, I want a safety on Ebron. And Donovan Steiner stepped right up. Now, Ebron caught the pass and you know, uh, you could chalk that up as a win for Ebron, but it was good. It was good coverage. Like there was people standing around that was like, that was a good rep by Steiner. And he's done that a couple of times throughout, you know, his time here in Pittsburgh. He also finished off the two minute drill with a pick on Josh Dobbs, I believe. Um, so it was a good day for him. Mike Tomlin said that he's playing well, you know, he's grown. And I don't think that the Steelers are fully sold on any of their safeties or their backup secondary players as a whole for that matter. So I think he could definitely sneak his way in there. Number two, Calvin Bundage. And I don't know how he does it. I don't know how Calvin Bundage would make this team because there are no inside linebacker spots left. He's not going to do it over Buddy Johnson. He's not going to do it over Marcus Allen. He's definitely not going to do it over Joe Sherbert or Devin Bush. But somehow Calvin Bundage has a real opportunity to make this roster as a special teamer because Danny Smith loves him, dude loves Calvin Bundage. You constantly hear Danny Smith complimenting Calvin Bundage. And you could hear Danny Smith from four miles down the road. So he's like, Calvin, way to go, Calvin, all the time. And, I mean, Danny Smith loves you. Chances are you make this team. That's how James Pierre made the team. Could be how Calvin Bundage made True, true. And I feel like Bundage, if, if he does get cut, it's going to be one of the names you're looking at on the, on the whiteboard. And you're like, man, like – we have 20 minutes until we need to like fax us into the NFL of like who we're cutting to submit to the waiver wire. Yeah. Like do, like, do we really need to? Like, is there somebody else we can like try to make work for it? That's what I'm saying. It, I, and my thought process behind it is if somehow Ulysses Gilbert III has stayed on this roster the last couple of years, even when he wasn't injured, Calvin Bundage is definitely an improved 
UG3. So I just feel as if if UG3 was here, why can't Calvin Bundage be here? Some somehow I don't know. Again, he does not play inside linebacker and would not touch the the. Did Bundage get cut? Steelers Frank let us know that Bundage got cut, which could be very true. Which could be very true. And if it is, oh, he did get cut. He was part of the five. Gosh darn it. Whole whole scene. I'm done. I'm done. I don't know how I missed that one. I literally report on this every single day, and I missed Calvin Bundage. Steelers Freak, thank you very much. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page while you're over there, too. Um, I guess Calvin Bundage isn't making any roster, man. There's no way. There's no way Calvin Bundage is making our roster because he's already done. The Steelers caught him. Go somewhere else for your Steelers news, guys, because apparently I don't have it today. Apparently I don't have it today. Donovan Steiner is it, man. Donovan Steiner is my sneak pick. Let's move on to something else. Mike Tomlin came up with the greatest Tomlinism of all time. Literally of all time. We've heard paint in the barn door. We've heard not living in our fears. We've heard literally every single else, anything else that he could possibly think of. Nothing compares to what I'm about to show you. One more time. What a fantastic, fantastic Tomlinism. Absolutely perfect. Uh, first off, the dude didn't have, he had nothing. He had nothing. He was asked a question and, and it kind of felt like it, it matched. That was the craziest part about this is that he was asked, I believe, about the secondary and like how they're going to put it together. And you could see in the pause, like he's just like, we're, um... and then what pops in this man's head goes from zero to 100. Absolutely no thoughts. What pops in this man's head is, we're squirreling those nuts. It does not get any better than that. Does not. No, and I, I think points for coming up with that on the fly, like you said, and just like the memes that can come from that, grade A tier, phenomenal stuff. <laughs> phenomenal I mean, stuff. You, you, you even got it on the whiteboard behind you. Oh, see, I was hoping people could see that. I didn't think they could. Squirrel in those nuts. I mean, it's the greatest. It's the greatest three seconds of all time. It is the greatest three second clip of all time. Shout out to Josh Roundtree for putting it out there. I mean, everybody saw it, but the first time I saw it, I didn't realize that he stuttered. Like I thought he just said it, and I I laughed. I'm standing right next to Josh when he's taking this video, and I just start cracking up. And then I go back, and I'm like, this dude literally didn't have a thought in his head. Like he was trying to come up with anything to say. And that just shows you, here's, here's the thing. And here's my little rant on Mike Tomlin. You constantly hear me, hear me kind of complain about Mike Tomlin, about how he never gives media anything good during training camp. He's always just like, yeah, he's doing good. Just like everybody else. He's doing bad. Just like everybody else. We don't know what the starters are. We don't know what the backups are. You know, injuries, there's no injuries. Never gives anything. How smart he is to come up with squirreling those nuts shows me that Mike Tomlin is every bit of the evil genius that I believe that he is. Because it takes an absolute genius to come up with squirreling those nuts, but it takes a little bit of an evil genius to come up with squirreling those nuts when you know that everyone's going to go nuts about what just came out of your mouth. Yeah, I imagine Mike Tomlin waking up every morning and just like taking a post-it off of those like 
word of the day or phrase of the day calendars that you can buy for yeah. people. And he yeah. just goes through them and like, he like saves the ones he likes and like puts them all around his like computer screen for him to use. Oh, and I, I, I feel like he's the type of person to like try to use that phrase at least like once a day. And like that was just the perfect opportunity to do just that. Oh, gosh, yeah. Squirrel in those nuts, man. Squirrel in, he'll never drop that again ever in his life. But let me tell you, again, the best three seconds Mike Tomlin has ever put on tape. Ever. You want to know why this man's never lost an NFL season? Because he's a genius. Because he comes up with things like squirreling those nuts on the spot. On the spot. Phenomenal job. Now, do you think this is the best Tomlinism he's ever had? Yes. Oh, gosh, yes. Yes. See, yes. I, I don't think so. I, 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 will, I will award him points for being clever and coming up with it basically on the spot and just like the, the humor in it. But okay. best ever, man? What was it? Best, best ever. ever. Okay, so who's your best ever? Bro, it's, it's, ahead, cliche, it's cliche. It's cliche to the point. But I'm going to say it and then I'm going to explain why. I think everybody will like understanding it. The standard is the standard is the best thing he's ever said. Because, hear me out, look at me, look at me. That doesn't even count. When Troy Polamalu says it in his Hall of Fame speech, his Hall of Fame first ballot enshrinement speech, the standard is the standard, and quotes Mike Tomlin. I get it. Put, it. put it on the plaque, build a statue of Mike Tomlin outside of the Pittsburgh airport, do what you need to do. But, like, those words are forever forever entrenched and what may I, I don't think there's any argument. it's one of the best athletes we will ever see with our own two eyes in Pittsburgh okay I yes yes the standard of this is the standard is clearly the greatest thing Mike Tomlin's ever brought out of his mouth it'll go down in Pittsburgh Steelers history it'll go down in NFL history I mean it already has but like is that like I guess that's a Tomlinism I guess that is the greatest Tomlinism ever like I can't argue that one but like, I, I kind of – I just put that, like, in its own category. Like, that's like a Tomlinism that has developed itself into the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, that is just the Pittsburgh – the standard is the standard will be the Pittsburgh Steelers model for ever, for all of time now, thanks to Mike Tomlin. So, I do I do agree with that. On a technicality, I will definitely give you the standard is the standard. Okay, technicality, cool. But if we're coming up with, you know, painting the barn door red or – you know, we're not living in our fears. Just the things that he just says that you're just waiting for every single season. Squirreling those nuts will probably never come out of his mouth again. But man, 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 do I wish that it did. Oh, well, we got a minute. Let's answer some questions here. Steelers Freak, jump back on. We appreciate you. Um, there's no answer to the DB situation. The front seven better get some pressure. There could be some trouble. Also... Inside linebackers on wide receivers. This is what I want to address out of this comment here. There is a stigma in Pittsburgh that inside linebackers do cover wide receivers quite a bit in Keith Butler's defense. Unfortunately, in the NFL nowadays, that's impossible to move away from because inside linebackers have to be as fast as Devin Bush and they have to be as quick as a guy like Cam Sutton because there's not enough guys on the field to cover all of the receivers. There's just not. The Steelers don't have outside linebackers that drop into coverage. I mean, they, they do. That's the problem. But putting an inside linebacker on a guy like Jarvis Landry, that's just destined to happen. It's, it's not about 
figuring that out how to do that, not do that. It's about figuring out how to have guys that are capable of actually stopping those inside receivers. You see, I, I feel like I disagree a little bit. Like I, I feel like Keith Butler obviously has done a, a pretty good job of kind of like taking the talents on Pittsburgh's defense and putting them where they need to be. Besides having inside linebackers on guys like Jarvis Landry and Keenan Allen, dude, I, I, I don't care. I don't care what the down and distances on the football field. Vince Williams should not be on Keenan Allen. But that's what I'm saying. Throughout a drive, but the, dude, you, you can line up nickel. You can line up in like dime packages to present this and like, dude, I, I know you are not wanting to allow the other team to run the ball first and foremost. So you're going to have more of like a, a stacked defensive front. And then it, you kind of have to live with those situations oftentimes, like more times than not, excuse me. But for it to like consistently happen over and over again, like something's got to change, man. It's, and I agree. But here's what the change is. It, the Steelers could play dime all they want. And dime does – you know, it does benefit that because you Cam Sutton on the inside instead of a guy like Vince Williams. But Vince Williams was the problem. Robert Spillane was the problem. It's these guys that do not fit in today's NFL. Vince Williams is not a starting linebacker in 2021. Robert Spillane is not a starting linebacker in 2021. But Joe Schobert and Devin Bush are because both of those guys can cover in the past. Maybe not 100% of the time, but that's what you need because offenses are designed to have – three or four wide receivers and two tight ends out there at a time. And there's just too many guys where, yeah, you do want to stop the run and that's very important, but the Steelers front seven is pretty good. And, and they could probably do that on a consistent basis with just the four or five guys up top. They don't have Davis and Jones. Good point. Um, but when it comes to, you know, utilizing those middle linebackers they're not run stuffers they're coverage guys they're field generals and Vince Williams and Robert Blaine were not that's what I believe the problem was they're being utilized the wrong way I'll give you that dude 100% and I, I think that's kind of the thing if you put if you put a guy like let's say Devin Bush the, the Steelers both athletic inside linebacker if you put a guy like Devin Bush which still shouldn't happen by the way like given Devin Bush's natural athletic abilities he still should be on an all wide receiver but for the sake of the argument if he is on one and he gets burnt cool live with it whatever the receiver made a better play cool but like just so many times we've seen guys like Vince Williams we've seen guys like Robert Spillane and so many other just like slow non-athletic inside linebackers matched up on receivers it just it, it doesn't work and i mean to to put it in perspective even Devin bush our most athletic tight end has problems covering sorry most athletic inside linebacker has problems covering tight ends so how do you expect him to keep up with with jarvis jones not jarvis jones jesus man jarvis landry <laughs> or keenan allen or any other slot receivers in the league See, I, I agree, and I think that's the problem, is the Steelers have always kind of been stuck in that old-school mentality where they only – Devin Bush was their most athletic guy and their best coverage guy. And if we're being real, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have two inside linebackers that can take on almost anybody on a football field in pass coverage. That's why they are so successful. The Steelers are on their way to that, and I think Joe Schobert is a much better coverage guy than Devin Bush is, and I think that they'll utilize him that way. But until – a week and a half ago, the Steelers were a team that wanted that one hard nose inside linebacker and then that one athletic linebacker. 
and that's where all the problems came from. So I think it's personnel. And again, that's Keith Butler's way. That's the Steelers way. You can blame that on whoever you want. But I believe that the problem there was personnel more than scheme. And now with Joe Schobert here, that could change tremendously. Yeah, hopefully. And like that's the allure of getting a guy like Schobert there in Pittsburgh's defense. And I mean, like even like personnel wise, if, if they do roll out a nickel package, I mean, just having guys like Schober and Bush on the field as those two like linebackers behind the front four, I mean that's so much better than having just a duo of like Bush and Williams or like Bush and Spillane. Because like you know Schober is a little bit better at covering those spaces than guys like you know Williams and Spillane that previously displayed they obviously couldn't do. Um, I mean, but that being said, I mean, you, you got to find something. And, like, obviously the, the, the Steelers' defense has been great for the last couple of years. So, I mean, I, I feel like we're nitpicking here. But, like, whenever it comes to actually looking at the Steelers' defense and finding stuff that could be fixed, that's got to be number one. Oh, it's got to be. And I think that's it. I think that they, you know, they tested it out with Robert Spillane, and he was absolutely atrocious in coverage. And they said, okay, sounds good. Let's go get somebody for a sixth-round pick, and they ended up with Joe Schobert, a 27-year-old who I think has plenty of potential to finish his career in Pittsburgh or at least play the next couple of years successfully in Pittsburgh, which was a great move. Um, another move for an outside linebacker, T.J. Watt. We're still waiting on it. So far, we've heard nothing. We know what's happening. We know T.J. Watt is at practice, but he's not actually practicing. He's still working extremely hard, and I've said that time and time again, that he probably does more work on the sidelines than most of the players do on the actual football field. At the same time, we are four days away from the Steelers' final preseason game. They do not negotiate contract extensions during the regular season. What is going on? Uh, sounds like business might be getting just a tad, tad complicated between TJ Watt, his representatives and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I mean, granted, like as we speak right now, it, it could, it could be percentages of, you know, what the discrepancies are between the organization and what Watt probably wants for his deal. I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. I mean, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, there's that gap between the final preseason week and then the regular season. Dude, I'm, I am so sure that Watt's deal is going to get done before the start of the regular season. I have no qualms about it at all. He's obviously showing up to training camp practicing every day, so people really can slander him for that. It, it, it's just business. and at, at the end of the day, either of the two sides are going to have to budge, and that'll happen because both sides want – the other party to be involved for a very, very long time. And they're both, you know, respective careers and franchises. So whatever, you know, was it Del Wally who tweeted out either today or yesterday that uh, Watts expected to sign before the regular season? He is expected to sign before the regular season. And I've heard that as well. I've heard that, I, but, but here's the thing. I've heard that three or four times in the last two weeks. So I'm pretty certain that he is expected to sign before the regular season. And I do not expect this to be something that gets overblown and is very dramatic within the next week and a half. But what I've heard is that TJ Watt was going to sign two weeks ago on a Tuesday. And then I heard it was going to be this Tuesday or this past Tuesday. And then I heard it was going to be today. And here we are and it's Tuesday and it's seven o'clock and nothing has happened. So at this point, I believe that it will get done. The question is, how many times are we just going to keep talking about it before it actually does? And what's holding them up? It could be money. I, I believe it's probably a signing bonus. I believe that probably, it's really, yeah. 
I mean, TJ Watt signing bonus has to be somewhere around $90 million. That's way more than the Pittsburgh Steelers have ever even imagined giving someone. You know, the dude's going to make $100 million this season. So it, it is new territory for both sides, and I think that should leave some worry. But overall, I mean, like you said, it's TJ Watt and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, and both of them are looking at each other directly in the eyes saying, we will give up every single other person on this roster to keep you here because you are the most important piece to our puzzle. Yeah, speaking of keeping anybody on the roster, uh, they would put his mom on the 53-man roster to make him happy. <laughs> it is done. Yes. Yes, they would. Yes, I, they I, I would. I promise you, if TJ Watt was like, bro, get my mom in a helmet, put a visor on it, let's go. And they're like, okay, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Watt, Mr. Watt, put them all on there. TJ Watt's going to get signed. And for anybody else worrying about it, and I have been a little worried about when it happens, but – TJ Watt is going to get signed. I will say this. If TJ Watt does not get signed by the end of Monday, I'd be a little concerned that he's no longer going to get signed. He will get signed eventually, but I'm talking about right now. Um, those are my thoughts on it. Let's jump to another question real quick, talking about Friday. How many first-team reps do you expect in the final preseason game? What do you expect from Joe Schaubert? Um, So my original thoughts on Schaubert weren't like – super incredible i mean everybody praised his like pass coverage abilities but i mean he, he gave up a pretty easy catch in his debut with the steelers last week now granted he's still getting his feet wet still trying to learn the lingo and the terminology for the steelers defense whatever but any football player will tell you football is football when it comes down to it you still got to cover the man across from me you. you know how to play you're obviously at the professional level go out and do it so i'll 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 chalk it up i'll chalk schobert's preseason one pass allowed up to him kind of being new for the Steelers. Uh, and I, I'm just looking for Schobert to kind of get his feet situated a little bit more. I know already said that earlier, but like after this game, you're, you're going to go almost a couple weeks without playing any actual football. And I know, you know, you'll be practicing for a lot of that time, but I mean, right now is the, the opportunity to get live reps in the game against an opposition that isn't your teammates for mm -hmm. a very long time. So, you know, kind of that leads into the question that we got. How many first team defensive snaps in the final preseason game? Uh, you obviously want to keep these guys healthy and you already know what you have for a lot of the defensive players. So I wouldn't expect too, too much, especially with 53 main roster cuts, you know, coming up in the next week, you're going to see a lot of like second, third, and even like fourth string guys just be like put in situations where the coaching staff can better evaluate them than they would be able to for practice. But I feel like if any starter is going to play a lot, it, it should be Schobert. And, you know, obviously that just comes with getting uniform reps and, you know, acquitting himself. Did I say that right? I don't think that's a word. Getting himself getting himself to the, the Steelers defense sooner <laughs> rather than later. I agree. I think that the Steelers won't play a ton of first-team reps um, in this game, but I, there will be some people, I believe that. Acclimating. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Steve. Acclimating. There you go. <laughs> thank you, uh, Um I do believe that the Steelers, they, they will put some starters out there for a decent bit of time. I think James Pierre and Cam Sutton will play a good chunk of time. Um, I think that Devin Bush and Joe Schober probably will. I definitely expect the offensive line to get a decent number of reps in this game. Um, and probably guys like Pat Fryermuth, maybe a little bit of Najee Harris, those guys, um, the wide receivers. But like you said, the Steelers are going to be looking at the third and fourth string guys or Dwayne Haskins and Mesa Rudolph and trying to decide 
how those competitions are going to play out. Who's going to make the bottom of this roster? Who's going to be the practice squad guys? Um, they're not really worried about rust. Mike Tomlin didn't even care about it. When he was asked about it, he just said, yeah, we're focused on today. Classic Tomlin. But, you know, it, it is what it is, and it's kind of truthful. I, I just think that the third and or the fourth and final preseason game for these guys is just going to be let's see what Marcus Allen could do and whether or not not Calvin Bundage could make the roster or whoever Cal, the new Calvin Bundage is will make the roster. So, Either way, it's going to be exciting. Let me ask you this before we go. Going into the final preseason game, do you think the order of the quarterbacks is set? Or do you think a very, very strong performance from Dwayne Haskins can put him at number two? I think – I knew this was coming. Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and, dude, I put you on the spot too. But I think that I think that Dwayne Haskins could come out, and fans are going to be really upset about this. But I think that Dwayne Haskins could come out here and have a perfect QBR, can throw for four touchdowns and run for 150 yards, and Mason Rudolph can do absolutely nothing, and he will still be the backup quarterback come week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There, there has been zero reason to keep Mason Rudolph as the backup quarterback. He cannot score with anyone out there on offense. The dude has had the starting offense Three, two times he's had the backups and most of the starting starting offensive line and the wide receiver core the other time, and the dude can't lead a touchdown drive. There, there's just no spark. There's never been any spark with Mason Rudolph. That's why Duck Hodges replaced Mason Rudolph. Like that's just what we could throw it that far back. The dude has never had enough oomph to lead a team to a, a, a win or a scoring drive or a, a winning season or whatever. Dwayne Haskins, I don't know if he's got that. I do know that he brings a lot of spark with him, you know, when he tries to play. But I just think that it, it's it's gonna it, it's gonna end up being Mason and then Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> All right, this is the last comment out here. The Steelers freak has been the the guy to go to. Steelers freak, where you been, bro? Like, yeah, it's phenomenal. We're where here twice. Been? We're here twice a week. If you're not coming back, what are you doing? <laughs> You're after show at this point. Ooh, really quick before we go, once more going back to the uh, the surprise fifty three man like roster and like who we think we can make it. The the qualifications for that is a player who shouldn't probably make it, but probably will make it. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, Chukwama Core Four. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Powered by AllSteelers.com. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube at AllSteelersTalk and check us out on Twitter and Facebook at AllSteelers. And make sure to subscribe or to check out your favorite podcast host at Nostrack at Donnie Droon. And we will see you guys next time. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. It's a new day, and it's coming at you fast. With Comcast Business, you'll have what you need to take on every twist and turn, like the flexibility to control multiple Wi-Fi networks from anywhere a cybersecurity solution to help protect all your connected devices, and the power of the nation's largest gig speed network. 
all supported by a dedicated team available 24-7. Every day in business is a big day. Comcast Business will keep you ready for what's next. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. 